Welcome to Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan, a podcast where two friends catch up and talk about whatever nerdy stuff comes to mind, usually over hookah. Enjoy. We just got, we were building, I was precariously dangling out of a tree all day, putting, putting the uh, roof on this treehouse. And uh, when I got done, we came inside and got something to eat. And then I started playing Fallout 4. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I get it. And my phone rings and it's like, are you good for seven? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. No, that's no worries. I've got work to do. So how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm starting my spring break now. Yeah. And so basically what that means is that I can basically take the weekend off and not read, but then I have to start <laughs> reading on Monday so yeah. that I get all my reading done for the end of spring break. Big break. Yeah, exactly. A, a, a weekend off is pretty good, though. It's fairly it's fairly restful for me. So it works well, out. It's not exactly it's not exactly topless beaches and drunken escapades at the bar but you know no spring break does change in grad school (laughs) that's definitely true that's definitely true you get what you can what you can get you know if it means if it means i can go three days without reading and it won't kill me terrific you know that's what i'm gonna do (laughs) so that's what i'm doing we um we're running errands and today and i slept in and it's been cool <laughs> yeah know, it's been okay i was supposed to go to friday night live last night last night was uh was the adults only friday night live mm-hmm. uh, and i didn't make it because maddie got red cards and when maddie gets red cards from school i mean she didn't behave herself very well and when she goes to my mother's house for babysitting, it's more or less a reward for her because she can do whatever the hell she wants. Right, so right. I had to stay home. I had to stay home with Maddie last night, and we went to Altoona because I needed shoes, like bad. Like <laughs> I've been wearing, walking around in on all the concrete at the prison for like the last couple of weeks, and these right. shoes that I have are just—they're like regular, like brown style dress shoes, sure. and. My feet were like I forgot how. Well, first of all, I'm very fat, so <laughs> there's a there's a lot of weight on my shoes anyway. But right. uh, like I, I forgot that I needed like a decent pair of shoes. Some of my feet all, all day, you know. And then every once in a while, you have to wrestle with somebody. Like, but uh, so I was like, we are going to Altoona tonight, big city of Altoona. And we are getting some shoes. Well, that meant that we had to go to Victoria's Secret so that Amanda could buy bras and all kinds of expensive things so you know it, I $44 on shoes but it was pretty- <laughs> <You know? laughs> we got something to eat down there and then when we got home I put the, the I discovered that the shoes that I bought weren't the ones I tried on I didn't oh, no. they're similar but they're not the same yeah but um Whatever, I'm not going back to Altoona. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, what an hour, hour and fifteen minute drive to. Yeah, and and you know that place looks like it's just, it's just like all run down and see yeah. Altoona is not Altoona is not like a you know when you think of like a city you think of like a, a downtown district and mm-hmm. then like suburban area this is just all like trash <laughs> everywhere yeah, it's, there's no it's like basically... downtown. It's basically just a big do boys. Yeah. You know? And, that's and all. there's no, there's no like central district or anything. It's just, it's just like you, you come around a mountain and you're in Altoona and it's, yep. it takes up the whole valley and it just looks like a landfill with people in it. And <laughs> yep. We had they to got go to the Chili's. <laughs> yeah. We had to go to the mall, which has like uh, 11 stores in it. The Logan Valley mall used to be a, a big deal back in the day, but now it's pretty much gutted. But that's where the shoe store was, and that's still where Victoria's Secret is. While we were down there, I had to go to the bathroom, and I, I hate playing away games as it is, but, like, I had to go into the, like, there's a corridor that goes behind, like, this where the storefronts are. And, it, and there's, like, 
machinery and ductwork and everything hanging out of the ceiling. But, and this is the public restroom. Right. Mm. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm looking around for like needles. <laughs> you know? It was awful. Well, the mall closes at like eight o'clock. Right. Okay. And we were there. We, I got home at four 30, uh, it takes an hour 15 to get down there. Um, we didn't leave right away. So it was probably like six o'clock by the time we got down there, we went and got something to eat. So we didn't get to the mall until like seven o'clock. Sure. not a big deal for me i'm not a i'm not a uh peruser like i go get what i need to get and then i leave yeah. um so it wasn't a big deal for me so uh, we walked into the mall amanda went her way i went mine i got my shoes and then i was like i gotta go to the bathroom and then i go back into this this corridor that like did you ever see the movie the crow yeah you remember whenever like Brandon Lee goes into like the 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 hangout, the main the main hangout for the like the bad guy towards the end of the movie, and it's like all those steel pipes and everything. I was like, man, I'm in the crow right now. <laughs> I get back there, and there's actually this this man back there. He's about, I would say, conservatively, 174 years old. Sure. Uh, he, he's bent over, and uh, he's got a white beard, and he's probably about 130 pounds soaking wet and he looks like he's he's 174 and he's like slowly toiling away at, at cleaning this restroom right and i'm like i can't believe that there's actually i mean it smells terrible in there and i'm like wow there's actually somebody cleaning it right and this guy looks like he should have been retired a long time ago so he's like in a bad mood right well there's also one stall in there like there's two stalls in the restroom one stall is locked because apparently he had just cleaned it and didn't want anybody going in there to mess it up. <laughs> and the other one has like this probably eight year old kid in it and he's just giving it hell. He's just in there. Right. Just like, And his dad's standing outside in the corridor on his phone and everything. And like he's, and this guy's out there and he's just grumbling. This, this, the guy that's cleaning, he's just grumbling. He's like, <laughs> so I was like, I, it's only gonna take a minute, you know? So it takes like, I wait for like 10 minutes. The kid finally leaves. I go in and I start to do my thing. And this old man, I can hear him grumbling out there. I don't know why people have to wait until 10 minutes before we close to close. And he's just like pissed off, right? He's like, people can't wait till they get home to go to the bathroom. They got to wait until the last minute here when I'm trying to clean. And like, there's nobody else out there. Like the kid and his father have left by now. So he's just like grumbling to himself. So I'm like yelling over the, the stall. I'm like, I live an hour and a half away. I had to go to the bathroom. Believe me, I didn't plan this either. All right. I'm not here because I want to be. You know? I, this isn't how I get my kicks, man. Like, is, I, I don't, is, I don't like, like it. I was like, hey, I'm going to go fuck with like angry Santa today. I'm right. not going to do that. Like, that's. <laughs> But every time I have to go, that's why I hate playing away games. Every time I do that, man, it's just like right. a, another awful experience. And it happens a lot in Altoona. But the whole town is shit. So, I mean, it shouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot of time in Altoona when I was up there because that's where the district office is. And so whenever I had to go see the boss, I would drive from Kerwinsville to Altoona in the backwoods where all the yeah. people that eat other people live. And I and I get to Altoona and I hang out with my boss for 40 minutes and then she'd be like, all right, that's all we got. And I'm like, OK. And then I depending on how quickly I had to get home, I'd either eat at the um, uh, I don't think there. No, there is a Permanente Brothers there. I'd either eat at the yeah. Permanente Brothers in Altoona because why not? You know, <laughs> like, like here we are like this is it. There's no Permanente Brothers in Kerwinsville, and so right. I'm gonna eat here. Or, or if I had to get moving, I I would have like a grab like a Wendy's sandwich. Since yeah, the alternative is I'd have to go to Dubois to get Wendy's, and that's not good enough. <laughs> so yeah, Altoona, man. I don't it, know. It's just like every time I go to, I do like going to Altoona because they have a cool, they have a double A baseball team called the Curve down there, mm -hmm. and I'm a baseball fan, and that they they do a good job with that that stadium keeping it clean and and nice and it's entertaining to go down there and <clears throat> watch those games it's a lot cheaper than going to an mlb game so i do like to go down there for that but for like every other occasion that i go down there as soon as i enter like altoona proper my first thought is how soon can i get out of here <laughs> right like, <laughs> I never go there. I never go there with any kind of like, oh, let's hang around and see this or go there or do this. I'm like, 
Barnes and Nobles on the way out. I always like to stop at Barnes yeah, and Nobles because that I makes sense. Up, that makes sense. You know, uh, go through and check out the new books and check out the, the, if there's any Dungeons and Dragons shit or whatever. Sure. But like, it's on the way out, so we hit we hit Barnes and Noble last for a minute, and that's where Maddie got her new toy. But like, exactly. there's there's two things: there's baseball and there's Barnes and Noble. And other than that, just get me the hell out of there. <laughs> We, we would always go, if Beth really needed chilies, that's what we would do. She, she'd be like, I really need chilies. And if she could tell yeah. me that she needed chilies at like 3.30, <laughs> then like we would go. You know, I'd be like, all right, let's go. And she'd hate it. Oh, man. Like, this is just one of those, like, like I, I didn't mind the drive. Like, like I, I had the drive memorized. I was like, yeah, I know how to get to Gurrensville for, you know, for, to Altoona from Gurrensville. I do it a million times a month and so like but she always hates the drive because you know you're if you take the back way which is really the only way i know like if you go yeah, out past you go. right you go past the down blue through, cow and kermansville and you know down through bellwood and, yeah. right exactly like if you you know that's not like a it's not really a straight road you know you're no you're 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 weaving in and out of trees to like get yeah. to Altoona and so Beth would always like feel sick and she would hate it and I'm like well why why are we doing this all and then you go eat chilies <laughs> you know all, all for chilies is this it is this why and the answer is yes like it's all for chilies well see I could understand it if it was like but but Altoona is full of like uh I guess chain nice restaurants <laughs> like that's, that's this is how central Pennsylvania is right they you think like Applebee's or Outback is going out for dinner, right? <laughs> like that's right, like, right. That's like the nice restaurants, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> if they mm-hmm. had, if they had some decent like local fare down there, maybe it'd be okay. Sure. But like everything's so run down and shitty, it's like, ugh. yeah. And and you don't really even know where to go. Like you know, I I, I like I said, I was in Altoona all the time, and. nobody ever told me to go to a local place like nobody ever was like oh yeah you gotta try this you know when you're in clearfield like yeah i guess you could go to bucks and sometimes i do you know when i was there but like no you want to go to local places why like legends you go to legends why well you go to legends because it's good and it's local (laughs) and you can't go to legends somewhere else yeah you know, you don't go to Denny's Beer Barrel Pub because it's shit. And that's just the way it is. That's <laughs> that's what's fun about it. What's fun about it is it's garbage, you know, but, but uh, it has some character, at least, you know, it's, it does not, have it's, some not, it's not a cookie cutter Applebee's in a fucking run down, burned out mall. You know, you're, you're not wrong. So the so in Charlottesville, you, you guys are here to visit one time yeah. once at this point. So, like, there's some real, real decent food in Charlottesville. There, there yeah. really is. Um but like having having both a child and Beth, who once again I love dearly, uh, <laughs> means that like we often find ourselves at Texas Roadhouse, and I'm like I'm like why are we in? That? I mean like I don't hate Texas Roadhouse, but I'm like but like why are we here? You know like we could like, go. You have other options, right? Right, we can go anywhere. You know. Um, but no, we find ourselves at Texas Roadhouse a lot, or like there, there, there's a Red Robin, a part of the Charlottesville Mall, and we find ourselves at Red Robin. I'm like, I guess I like Red Robin. I like cheeseburgers. You know, it's no big deal. But yeah, but why would you go to Red Robin when you can go to like what was that place on the Walking Mall that you guys took us to? That was oh, off the Jack Browns. Jack it Browns. It was fucking delicious. Like it was. I would go there. I'd go there any day over a Red Robin if it was close by you know you're, you're right i mean jack jack browns is really good i think it's just you know it's just a mixture of at least for for people for my family it's just a mixture of nostalgia and i think what we want and what we expect you know at any well, moment there is there is some there is some comfort to that i mean i will admit that they're like this is especially true whenever amanda and i used to ride our motorcycles a lot before we had a kid but we'd be we'd be in some place we'd never been before we were in the middle of Iowa, you know? And it's like, well, where do we eat? I don't know, but I've been riding for eight hours. I'm tired and I'm hungry and I don't want to take a risk. Like I know if I go to, if I go to Olive Garden, it's going to be the same here as it is, you know? So at least, at least it's consistent, you know? Right. It's not, it's not dog shit McDonald's, but it's at least it's consistent. Right. 
Yeah, so exactly. sometimes you just don't feel like taking a risk. You're just hungry and you want to eat and go to bed. So that's that's exactly right. Apparently, this episode is going to be about food, listeners, which I'm fine <laughs> with. I like food. I food's great. You know, like I I uh, there's a restaurant up in the town that I serve in now, Gordonsville. They Gordonsville for a town that's essentially the same size as Kerwinsville. Way yeah. better food options. There's some real decent food in, in the Gordonsville area, which yeah. is, uh, baffles me. But um, one of them is this chicken restaurant called The Ice House. Uh-huh. And it's just, you know, it's just kind of nice, like repurposed, like building. And they do beer, you know, and then they and then they have all these different chicken things you can get. And um, I was there today and I got a chicken sandwich, like their chicken sandwich. And they're like, they... It, Real good chicken sandwich, really good looking chicken sandwich. But they were so proud of it because they're like, "This is made with lard." And I'm like, "I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, I guess that's the selling point, you know. Yeah. If you have more than two of these sandwiches, you'll die, you know. It's like stuff like that, right? Like you can feel your heart slowing down as you're chewing. <laughs> right. The only last time we sense. all ate lard was was like when we all had to like burn 13,000 calories a day. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I just find it so funny because like if we go to state college or something, which is about the same distance in a, in a slightly different direction. Like they have all kinds of craft breweries and they have, well, granted they have the college there too, but like um, they have all kinds of craft breweries and different, different local establishments that are really, really good to eat. And you go to Altoona and it's just like, well, there's a, there's an outback. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can go get a blooming onion, you know. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. Like like some of the stuff in town. Um like I still think about Joey's. I go to Joey's all the time. Like there's 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 still there's you know, I've I've been ate some really great places down here since I moved here, but yeah. I'm still always like, "Eh, Joey's is real good though, man. I, I, haven't, I haven't found one to top Joey's. I feel yeah. even feel that way about legends, just like in terms yeah. of a good all around, you know, group of food, you know, like, yeah. like, yeah, you can get anything good here. It's all good. It's great. Yeah. Oh, food. I love you. Now, now I'm getting hungry. Now I'm getting hungry. Right? <laughs> I just said rice aroni. So. <laughs> oh, exactly. Now, well, what am I going to do? No, I, I feel that. I'm not driving that. a fucking Altoona, though. I can tell you that. Don't do that. The next time you guys are down, we'll we'll take you to some. I forget where we, other than Jack Brown's, I forget where we took you. We you, got. You, I know we got the big pizza. We got Benny. You Delicious. got that pizza that was like the size of like a spare tire. It That's was right. enormous. It was unreal. Yeah, I love that. I, I still remember when you ordered that pizza, you're like, oh, I'll just get one large pizza. And I was like, OK, well, there's like six. Of, is that enough? Like, OK, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever, brother. I, I, I'm a fat guy. I'll probably eat more than two pieces, but whatever. That's cool. Whatever. And then it showed up and I was like, holy fuck, how'd you get that into the house? <laughs> you kill a man with that. And, I, and I'm like, trust me, your jaw is tired after the first slice. You'll be fine. <laughs> that was damn good pizza. Too. It was good pizza. I agree. Yeah. There's a good, there's a cool place up in, up near uh, where I serve another town up north um, called the Iron Pipe. And it's a, mm-hmm. um, it's in like an old silk mill, yeah. but they do like craft beer. So, it, but the beer is pretty decent, but then the only other thing they do is, is like pizza. So they do like, like personal size, like pizzas. Right. And uh, it's the best pizza I've had in, in the area. It's better than Ben yeah. Deluca's. It's fucking incredible. I, I'll go up there and I'll drink beer and I'll have this little pizza and uh, and I'll get like they have a pizza called the bee sting, mm-hmm. which is a pepperoni pizza with fresh jalapenos and then a and then a honey drizzle. So they drizzle honey on your pizza. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. World. <laughs> That's a game changer. Like, like, like do that. Get a pizza. Put honey on it. You'll love it. Like, like it's it was unreal. It's fantastic. It's hot That's as not, fuck. Those jalapenos are hot as yeah, fuck. Yeah, I was imagining it's pretty hot, but I wouldn't expect honey on a pizza. That sounds odd. It was really it's good, as, man. It's not as bad as pineapples, but yeah, I don't really, I don't like pineapple on the pizza. But but let me tell you, the honey, the honey drizzle, that kicks it up a notch. I don't know what to, I don't know how to explain it. But uh, but so I start doing that with all pizza. I just I just put yeah. honey on it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, you're also one of those weirdos that eats ranch on it. 
It's because it's good. Like, yeah, like well, you know, there's. I mean, it's your pizza. You can eat it however you want. <laughs> I mean, I know. First of all, <laughs> that, like, this, is, this is America. Like, I can do whatever I want, right? Yeah. You know, if I want to get on my radio show and say I think Putin is perfectly justified murdering all those kids, then <laughs> sure, you know, like, like I'm allowed. I maybe I guess I guess I should be allowed, but there's a part another part of me that's like maybe I shouldn't be allowed <laughs> to say horrible <laughs> shit like that, but whatever. Um, well, no, it's I, really I like good. it when people say stupid shit like that. It lets you know who the dumbasses are. You know, that's true. It's a big. Uh, it's a. You don't have to really. You don't have to really wonder anymore once somebody defends like the actions of Vladimir Putin over the last two weeks. You're like, yeah. oh, okay, you're you're an idiot. You're, you're <laughs> a total fool. Is what you are. <laughs> I had this moment so today speaking of speaking of people who clearly imbibe propaganda I had this moment today where we were we're having all this trouble with this kind of with the one car we have and so Emily who my sister-in-law lives with us now Emily Emily and I drove to like a Walmart service center you know like at a 20 minutes away because all of the mechanics we keep trying in town, nothing was working. And so we were like, well, let's do this. At least it's cheap. And so we like, we drove and we, we dropped like the car off. And while we were in there, like Emily and I were wearing masks and nobody else was wearing a mask in, in this Walmart in the middle of nowhere, Virginia, fine, whatever. Like, and it really is like, I'm not mad. Like, I don't care. I'm wearing a mask. I don't give a shit. Like, like it's yeah. no big deal. And, uh, the one uh, guy at Walmart, he was a little bigger than me, a little bit. Like, like he, he was definitely bigger, but it wasn't by much. He sees I'm wearing a mask. I'm kind of watching it all in his face. Like, I'm watching it all, like, come into his face. Like, oh, look at that snowflake wearing a mask. Yeah. Oh, look at that liberal cuck wearing a mask. And, <laughs> and he's walking towards me, you know, because he's got to go. He's just leaving. He's, he's walking like he's rather than walk around me. He's just going to try to walk through me. Right. Because he's like, look at that liberal snowflake who's surely going to move. I just didn't move. And he just <laughs> fucking collided. <laughs> and I was like, pardon me. You know? <laughs> and yeah. like, I was like, you're thinking to myself, you're the, I'm standing still. <laughs> walk around. There's no display of dominance here, you dummy. You know? And, and he did. He just, and I looked at Emily and I was like, you know, the real people who are going to die in the Civil War are these poor right-wingers who have imbibed propaganda saying that liberals are, of course, cowardly right. and will easily lose. Like, like I, I'm yeah. like, no, nah, man, we got cowards and brave people on both sides. So, Or <laughs> <laughs> like, don't worry, liberals don't have guns. I'm like, I don't know if you know this, but there yeah. are too many guns on this country to have them only be owned by right-wingers like i'm a little i'm a liberal and i have a lot of guns i know (laughs) i know when things are getting bad um like the start of the pandemic in kerwinsville and and like i was afraid that certain people whose name is steve albert i won't i'll delete (laughs) that then uh certain people whose name is steve albert um, would would start opening fire on known liberals. I was like, I'm gonna have to call Matt. I have to call Matt and have him come over, and we're gonna have to shoot Steve <laughs> because he's trying to kill us. Oh Lord! Oh, don't worry, don't worry, listeners. I'll I'll delete that. I'll bleep that out. I'll be like, I don't know what I'll put in, but just like like ten seconds of the girl from Ipanema on oh, yeah. on like. Muzak. That's right. That's right. Oh, here's a funny story. <laughs> anyway, that was my story. Um, no, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Oh man. Well, do you have uh we've been going for a little while, it's been really good. We, we maybe have oh, another I, Yeah, we're just bullshitting. We were just bullshitting today. That's, <laughs> that's all kind of what we do. I'm okay with bullshitting. I uh oh I have a do have an update. So you know, I got this teaching gig mm-hmm. at James Madison starting in the fall. And one of the, the tricky things was my advisor was like, okay, um, well, it's really cool you have this. Uh, what are you going to do with teaching next, like TAing 
next fall because part of my contract is I have to be TAing, you know, for the department. And I was like, oh, I figured I'd just do both. And he was like, yeah, okay. But like, when are you going to study for, for your examinations? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I was like, because you you know, you're, you're, we're talking like 20 books an exam. Yeah. So like, when are you going to do that? And you can't just read them. You have to like comprehend them, you know, like, like so like, when are you going to do that? And I was like, oh, shit, I, I was just going to do all of it. And he's like, aren't you a fucking pastor, too? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, you got to drop one of them. And he was, he was like, you got to figure out how to get out of it. You either, you either just call JMU and say, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Um, or we talk to the director of graduate studies and we see if we can get out of TAing or something, mm -hmm. or you quit your pastor job. And I'm like, pastor jobs paying me $20,000 a year. Are you going to give me $20,000 a year? Paul, Paul's like, hell no. <laughs> not give you shit. okay not that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you better keep that job <laughs> i'm like all right and so for the last like maybe two weeks i've been talking to my director of graduate studies about seeing if i can get out of taing for the fall right. with the theory that if i don't ta in the fall and i just teach at jmu then the the other thing i'll do is just do all of my exams Right. You know, like I'll study a shit ton. My plan is to have two exams done before the start of the fall. That leaves me with three more exams. I just plan to take three exams in the fall, you know, so over the next, you know, four months, I read all the books and take the exams. Um, and my director of graduate studies is like, well, uh, I mean, we really need people to TA. Um, I can do my best to try to get this approved through the graduate school. Um, but like, there's a pretty good chance that if you don't TA, then we can't pay you your full stipend. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> you guys let me in. I have the contract. And she's like, yeah, I understand that you get part of your stipend. But like, you know, there's if, if you're not TAing, you're not entitled to the whole stipend. Well, there's exceptions, right? And she's like, yeah, there've been exceptions in the past, but like, that's usually for somebody who's like trying to finish their dissertation. Mm -hmm. And so she's been working on it. And today, like I found out that the director of graduate studies in the, in the graduate school approved and I don't have the TA this fall, Oh, which is really nice. However, rather than pay me the full stipend, they are paying me enough to get to uh, what my stipend would be plus my wages at JMU. <laughs> And so is it the worst case scenario? No. <laughs> no. I I don't lose any money this fall, I guess. Um but uh but I also am not making an extra three grand like I wanted to with uh with this uh adjunct job at JMU. Well, well the JMU thing, I'm sure like what's the difference between teaching there and, and TA? Like, isn't it sort of the same? I mean, it, it flexes the same like mu professional muscles, right? Like, right. It, it, it's mostly just um, the uh, the director of graduate studies. The main the main issue is just the rules, right? Like the rules are um, graduate students in the program get paid yeah. X, right? Well, 20, what I was going to say is if if they're took if they're talking about it purely from an educational standpoint, for for you to TA is for you to gain you know, classroom experience, I would right. say, well, couldn't you utilize your time at JMU? But what they really want is uh, cheap labor. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, you crack, you crack the code. Like, like that's, <laughs> that's, why, that's why I'm in the, grad. I've like joined the graduate school union. Like, like I joined the graduate workers union, mostly just to be like, hey, you know, the only reason we exist is so that you don't have to pay us a ton of money to do right. like academic labor which is fine. Like it's not fine. I mean, it's not actually like, like I'm grateful yeah. for the full ride, you know, that's all. And, and the stipend, that's all fine. But like, but it's not, this story is demonstrating that it's not really, it's not really a part of the package. It's, it's not as benevolent as, yeah. <laughs> as they make it sound. Right. 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 They're, like they're right. getting something out of their investment. So. Right. Right. And so the, 
what I what you the question you have is is what I use to justify to the director of graduate studies me not having a TA this this coming fall was like well I mean I'll be doing the same sorts of things but but it'll be more experience as a as like a professor you know I'm not just TAing and and I think it's very valuable that you allow me to do this and not force me to TA um, and they agreed but they did not agree on paying me my full amount. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. we will see it's just so now you just have now you just have to commute for an hour yeah i know i know it's the same damn money that you would if you were sitting at home that you're right you're right but i mean like you said the jmu thing is gonna potentially open some doors for you you're so right. i mean your your main motivation for doing that i was under the impression was for your networking abilities so that's true it's the JMU job is for networking and it's for experience on, on the resume. Like, like right. I appreciate the money. I, I was looking forward to possibly having extra money, but oh, don't be silly. Come on. Don't be, don't be silly. <laughs> you're, um, you're in academia. <laughs> exactly, man. The only, the only people that think you're rich are the people that aren't in academia. <laughs> yeah. They're probably the confused people. I'm like, I don't think you get it, man. Like I'm making no money. Yeah. Um, oh, there's these, these, uh, know-it-all professors from all these colleges making you know six-figure salaries it's like no they make like 50 grand a year who <laughs> name them yeah you know maybe a couple of people at harvard but you know, <laughs> you know not not around here you have to sell a book you have to be like carl sagan or everybody sell a book that that's right you have to in order to make money as an academic you you essentially have to not have a traditional academic job Right. You know, like like all the really or, famous or write a book and then force your students to buy it. That, that <laughs> would also <laughs> that would also be a possibility. And like I get it. Like the the more I go, I used to think it was super tacky and like dumb and mean. But the more I labor over everything I'm doing, the more I'm like, hell yeah, I force my students to read my book. You know, <laughs> what are they gonna be critical of it? Hell no. They're gonna be like, this is genius professor it's it's nectar it's ambrosia and 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 then i took their money you know i'm like thank you you know like you're right you're right i want your accolades and your wallet exactly i had uh uh speaking of academia there's every every like two weeks it, it does it's not ever anything like that's really on the news usually but every like two weeks all of the different academic conferences or academic, you know, social, you know, media stuff uh, goes live with like a new story about like a professor or a junior professor, or graduate student, like having an inappropriate relationship with like a student or like a member of the faculty or, or whatever. And uh, it, it's, it's not good. But what's, what's really funny is to hear some of the conservative blowback from it. Like, like if conservative folks do sort of come up with it, you know, and they like and find it or discover it, um, you, you get a lot of like, oh, well, these degenerate, these degenerate, you know, liberal college people who, who are who are having, you know, crazy relationships and all this stuff. And I love this stuff because it's it's so funny because, yes, like we're human beings. And this is what we do, you know, like, like it's just academia. It shouldn't be happening with students, but nobody should be freaking out over two professors screwing each other. Like, like right. <laughs> you know, let's let's be fine. And uh, we we were talking. It came up like with some of the theology people and and uh, and like theology faculty, like like at UVA and some of the students. And like, I always have to remind myself that like some of these faculty like know like the very famous theologians or like, like the very famous religion people. And some of, some of my faculty are famous, but like, I love hearing stories about like famous theologians. Like one theologian I really like is her name is Catherine Tanner and she's at Yale and Catherine Tanner, like it is super smart. She's just like crazy brilliant. And she, and she notoriously only ever wears black. It's Uh just like, and every picture I've ever seen her in, it's just like black leather and and just black. <laughs> and she's just not smiling. She's just like fucking staring at the camera, you know, and she's got a fucking black 
t-shirt and a black leather jacket on and her hair is black you know and she's just and it's not like cool it, like it's cool but it's not like done to be cool like it's just no. this is what i fucking wear you know <laughs> and stuff it's not like a look um but like the i one of my one of my students one of not my students one of my fellow students who like got their master's degree at yale remembers like 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 watching Catherine tanner you know, like on a bus, like, like they were take the same, taking the same bus somewhere. And she was just like, and then I saw, I saw fucking Catherine Tanner. Catherine Tanner was right over there and she looked fucking mean as hell, man. Like she, <laughs> she was so scared. I didn't know what to do, but then, um, Lynn Tonstad, who's another theologian at Yale, um, who come, comes on the bus and Lynn, uh, is this like basically very, very queer lady. And uh-huh. she and she, my friends, like, and she dresses like Willy Wonka, like Linda Flintonstock comes up with a cane and like a top hat and like purple, like weird dress shirt thing. And and she comes right over to Catherine Tanner and they just start fucking making out on the bus. <laughs> and, and, and Kate's like, my, my friend Kate's like, holy shit. <laughs> like, what in the fucking world am I looking at? Oh, my God. <laughs> And so I'm like academics, man. Uh, yeah. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. So you love it when you my, meet your heroes. <laughs> you never meet your heroes. <laughs> Here's my one Catherine Danner story. I've never met her, but my one professor at seminary uh, had her. Catherine Tanner used to be at Chicago, mm-hmm. at Chicago Divinity School. And, and one of my professors in seminary had Catherine Tanner as his advisor. And he was teaching on her. So like we're reading one of her books and like she's teaching on her and and he brings up like a PowerPoint with like a picture of her. That's how he does. He introduces every new person that we're reading like this. He's like, ah, today we're reading Catherine Tanner. Catherine Tanner she used to teach at Chicago. She teaches at Yale now. She specializes in this form of theology. Here's a picture of her. And it's, you know, it's this mean fucking, you know, <laughs> like, like Glenn Danzig and every message. It looks like Glenn Danzig, you know, and like, like fucking high black turtleneck and black leather jacket like like just fucking mean and and uh and dr Ogendi, my professor rick is he wants me to call him rick rick's like rick's like yeah and so um Catherine tanner i have her phone number in my cell phone yeah. and and we're like oh cool and she's he's like one time we came i was in class with Catherine tanner and um we noticed or i noticed that her turtleneck was actually a dark purple. Mm -hmm. And so I said, Dr. Tanner, you're not wearing black all, you're not wearing all black today. And cat and nobody said anything. Everybody was just fucking quiet in the class. And Catherine Tanner looks at him and goes, yeah. (laughs) 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 It's like, sorry. Yeah, all right. I shouldn't have said anything. Oh man. Catherine Tanner. Rick was like, Rick was like, Catherine Tanner was so smart, but was so bored with us because she was so smart that like she would be lecturing, <laughs> she'd be lecturing on like Thomas Aquinas. She's she'd speak in Latin. She'd start like reading from the Latin text, you know. And and yeah. Catherine Tanner apparently would like just you know, kind of be like this at her desk. Anyway, Thomas Aquinas, here we go. You know, <laughs> and then like people, people would ask these questions, and Catherine Tanner would be like answering them just like that, and and then yeah. like and then like as as we're all talking, she's like jotting something down in a notebook. She's like writing her next book, like mm-hmm, yeah, 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 whatever. You know, I I love it. I I'm I will never be that smart, but like I love hearing stories about just mean theology professors. <laughs> Who are that smart? Well, I think that that sucks though to be that to be that much out on an island by yourself because you think you're so far above everyone else. It's like, yeah. you know, brilliant mind, bad date. You know, how much fun is that? I, don't be like that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't don't do that unless you can be like Catherine Tanner and Lynn Tonstock and you know be opposites, but meet up on buses to make out or something. Yeah. Like like whatever, whatever works. You know, I love it. I think that's funny as shit.
Oh my. So what's going on? Like, is there, um, just in terms of updates on your end. So you, you're, you're back. Of course you're back at the prison. Things are right. in full gear. Things are going well there. Um, so far uh, I'm, I'm learning a lot about our immigration system and I'm actually, um, I'm having some, I wouldn't say fun with it, but I feel like I'm, I'm actually doing some good work there. Good. I've, uh, I've been put in charge of an entire unit by myself. Um, there's three units that we have full right now. The other two units each have two case managers and I'm in the one by myself. Um, and I get all the new guys. Like every time we have a large intake of people, they all get put into my unit mm-hmm. for about two weeks or so. And then they get, either released or disseminated throughout the at other places. So like everybody that comes off the bus, their first uh, point of contact is me. And I'm uniquely able to, uh, I have the, I have the patience and the, and the, uh, the, the, well, the, the patience and the concern and the care enough to like stand in a unit for an hour and a half and talk to each one of them and help them get what they need and get sorted out. Um, Not everybody does that. So I feel, I feel good about it because they really feel grounded. Um, We've been having a lot less trouble with uh, discipline because I think when people are spoken to and respected and sort of treated humanely, they aren't in such a negative place all the time. Now we have some bad dudes. I mean, we have, you know, murderers and rapists and, you know, we got some bad guys, but um, I think with me as their original point of, as their initial point of contact, kind of getting everything set up, getting their concerns taken care of. um, And I'm not, not in a way that like I'm pandering to them or that I'm like, you know, it's not, it's not like that, but it's, you know, it's a respectful dialogue. Like, okay, you have a legitimate concern. It may be silly, but like, let me address it. And, and I, and I do that and I don't mind doing that. I kind of like doing that. And I, and I don't have as much responsibility in terms of the, the wide range of different things that I had to do before when I was with the Bureau of Prisons. Um, so I can kind of, I have time basically to, to sit in there and talk to these guys for hours on end and they are calmer. They are more uh, stable. And mm-hmm. whenever they go out through the institution, we've been seeing they've been remarking, the administration has been remarking about, Oh, how, how the disciplinary problems have been going down. And, and I'm like, they don't specifically say it's because of me. I'm sure it's not all because of me, but it doesn't hurt. You know, <laughs> like when people know what's up and they've, mm. they've, they know what to expect, those expectations are put on the table right up front, you know, then they're much more uh, docile. Now, I've said that the immigration is horrendous because it's a disorganized, chaotic mess. And nobody from that end wants to spend any time with anyone ever. So that's frustrating for me. Um, I try to get help for something or I try to answer a question that I don't know the answer to or get an answer. And uh, oftentimes it's like, well, who cares? And I'm like, well, I care. That's why I'm calling. Fortunately, I'm high enough on the ladder that whenever I ask for something like Somebody has to do it. Uh, <laughs> whereas like some of the, some of the RAs, the resident advisors, those are what we call the officers. Now they don't, they don't listen to them at all. So that's kind of frustrating, but you know, so far the paychecks haven't bounced. So that's good. Yeah. And then I've still been working on the side doing uh, electrical work and I, I still enjoy doing that. That's nice to help people out. I had a yeah. lady the other day, her lights were blinking. So I was like, okay, well, that's probably just a loose connection, something, no big deal. And I went into her house and I went down in the basement. She had one of the old style, like push button panels from like the forties. And I was like, Ooh, uh, (laughs) yeah, you're going to probably need to replace that. So she's like, well, how much is it going to be? I'm like, "Ah, that's probably going to be like a thousand bucks. She's like, okay, can you do it next weekend? And I was like, 
great. <laughs> no problem. You know? So like stuff like that's going on, but you know, that's good. That's really good. I can take a day off and it was, it was finally not uh, 12 degrees outside. So I yeah. did some work on my daughter's tree house. It's supposed to rain tomorrow. Uh, it's supposed to be like 70 degrees, but it's supposed to rain. And I'm actually kind of looking forward to it because I want oh, to see okay. if, I want to see if the roof leaks that I put on. Well, today. that's true. Yeah, no, that's a good experiment. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I can get behind that. I can. There's that's also good. one other thing that I did want to talk about. This is where you put in the, the little hookah chats sound bite and we right. totally train change topics. Sure. So I want to get your uh, opinion on this and I want to make a statement about it too. I okay. saw a poll the other day about people who um the the poll was asked do you support the republican party more or do you support donald trump now two months ago the poll was like 56 percent supported donald trump more and 38 percent supported more yesterday no yeah yesterday no two days ago thursday i saw the poll again same question but the numbers had flipped. Oh, really? so like, so like now more people are saying that they support the party and less people are supporting Donald Trump, right? They're down to John, Donald Trump's approval ratings have been like tanking. Right. right. And I, I, when I saw that, I started thinking about the conversation we had, I think last week about forgiveness. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, this is really not the time for us to spike the football <laughs> on all these sure. people that like voted for Donald Trump. And I have a feeling that that's, what's going to start happening and it's going to mm-hmm. push people right back into that fringe right wing mentality because nobody on the right. And well, I shouldn't say nobody, most people on the right, I believe aren't on the right because they are fans in particular of Donald Trump. I think they are more afraid of, these drummed up sort of right-wing talking points that have been drilled into their head by Donald Trump. Things like cancel culture and, you know, all the social issues that they present. Um, There's a a reporter that asked about why Joe Biden supported abortion. And it was like, that's not, (laughs) Joe Biden's pro-life. That doesn't mean that you support abortion, right? I don't want, I'm pro-life or I'm pro-choice. I don't want to see people get abortions. <laughs> I'm not yeah. pro-abortion, right? I'm pro-choice. So <laughs> the, these nuances kind of get lost in the right-wing echo chamber. But I think that that's starting to finally break down because people are people in Trump's own party are talking about how he just lost the election and he's lying and he's being indicted. And like the, 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 the chicken's really losing all of its feathers, you know, finally. Uh, now, for most of us, we've seen this for like ever, right? right? Like no shit. But there's a lot of people that are kind of starting to crawl out from under their rocks and, and recognize that like, you know, this guy's crazy. This guy's wrong. I mean, he's supporting Vladimir Putin for Christ's sakes. And, right. and there's nothing, there's no defensible action for that, right? So... <clears throat> But I started thinking about what we were talking about with forgiveness. And I was like, well, now is not the time for us to like to like say, see, you fucking dummies. What's wrong with you? You know how stupid you were. You know, finally, you you know, we told you so now is not the time to do that. You know, I think what we ought to do is say, hey, welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Earth. And and. Thank you for joining us. And would you like to participate in our democracy? Again? Right, right. Perhaps we can. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to see if you had any reflections on that. What, what, what do you think is about, about the, uh, the decline in Donald Trump's popularity? And how do you think we should proceed with those people that uh, supported him so ardently on January 6th? Well, I think that I think that in the second part of our conversation about forgiveness will be released this week. Um, and so listeners, by the time you guys hear this, you'll have already heard both, both parts of that conversation. And I'm pretty sure it was in 
the second part of the conversation we talked about law and the rule of law and, right right and and you know how how like good law like good policy and good like critical study of law helps us uh be able to live in a democracy well because all really what it means to live in a liberal democracy and by liberal i mean it classically like it's just what it's called mm -hmm. you know um it all what that really means is we just follow laws mm -hmm. and outside of that we do whatever the fuck we want you know <laughs> like that's that's what that means um and so i say all of that because i think that for me us a, a very healthy democracy um, would be one in which the body politic offers forgiveness to the those members of the body who um, practice democracy and voted for somebody who was no good. Right. While making sure that our laws are robust enough and enforced well enough that the no good people get punished. You know, like like right. what I mean, and and I really think it's. I think both of those things have to go together, right? Like, I think that um, welcoming folks sort of back into the fold of democracy is necessary. Um, I really do. Um, you know, there's a, a a democratic theorist named, and he talks about how like good, healthy democracies practice forgiveness. Like they they they're pious in that way. Like like they're pious in the way in which we treat each other and stuff like that. But like none of that's going to work if there isn't like real clear consequences for political criminals, you know, for, for people, uh, which is why I'm, I'm like, I'm like, there's no way out of this. I really believe this. There's no way out of this unless Donald Trump goes to prison for breaking the laws, yeah. you know, and I don't have a ton of confidence in that. But like, but like, I, it's really what I believe. Like, like, I really don't think there's any way out of this unless the rule of law is upheld. And, and we show these are the ways in which these dozen people actively broke laws, subverted democracy, lied, took money from Russians, did whatever. And now they will be punished. Right. Like, then we can move on. Then, it, then right. it's absolutely possible for us to welcome people back with open arms and be like, yeah, <laughs> well, here you go. See, here's the distinction that I would drop. For like somebody like Donald Trump that actually did all that stuff, mm. yeah, he should be punished. Absolutely. There's no question about that. He broke laws. He should be held to account. Um, but for like the people that follow him, outside of the people that were wandering around inside the Capitol, which also broke laws. But like, I know a lot of people that, I mean, pretty red area yeah, sure. um the, the they didn't make any laws they just bought it. they they bought the lock yeah, they bought absolutely they bought this stupid shit and like uh i don't feel like i need to point at donald trump going to prison and go see you dummy like look what look what he did totally. because totally agree yeah because that's not going to that that's only in my opinion that's only going to first further divide the the country it's further going to divide the parties because remember most of the things that uh these uh, they have a, a childish mentality i think you know now i wouldn't i'm saying that to you because you're another liberal i wouldn't go up to them and say you're childish you know right no i understand um, it's our like, show we can say what we when, want when the veil when the veil is pulled away I, I really believe that they have like a sort of childish mentality where they 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 get off on pissing people off they get off to own the libs like that's what they wanted to do right um the best way to combat that is to not be owned like i don't yeah, I, agree. I don't get mad about the their behavior and i'm not going to like uh chastise them further i'm just going to say look come on back in <laughs> let's talk let's uh let's be friends again we might have problems like there's nothing like there's nothing like an outside enemy to unite people. And right mm -hmm. now it's possible that we're all going to have to like work together, whether we like it or not pretty soon, you know, cause you never right. know what's going to happen with that fucking whack job over there in, in Russia. So like, it's probably not a great idea to be seeking division 
No, I agree. Just, just as the right chose to do that, that yeah. doesn't mean the left should choose to do that. You know, we sure. we are the party of you know a big tent, right? We we fight amongst ourselves all the time. Like I saw Rashida Tlaib's like like um, rebuttal to the president's thing, and I was like, "What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why yeah, are you smart. doing that? You know, like oh man, like." It's all right to have differing opinions. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but we shouldn't be out there offering like, uh, you know, rebuttals to our, <laughs> like our, like to, our own, to our own party's president. You're, you're, yeah, <laughs> you're not doing anybody any good. You're trying to do a you're trying to do a third party thing. I, right? I don't. The the reason the right is so powerful is because they stay together, and they're 33 percent of the country. They're minorities. Right. right. If you believe if you believe in democracy, you know, the, one of the fundamental tenets of democracy is ma- majority rules. Right. Whatever the majority decides, if if the majority of Americans did not want abortion to be legal. It would be illegal. And me on the I would I would abide by that. I would be disappointed by it and I would maybe work to change it, but I would abide by it because that's what the majority of the country wants. When the minority of the country wants that and they ram it through, we got a problem. Yeah, I agree. Right? So I don't think that we should ignore the minority. I don't think, I mean, that's the reason why we have like uh, an electoral college. That's like, that, that was the original intent, right? So that we didn't have a single party majority destroy everyone else. But we're in a unique situation where the minority party is the one <laughs> doing all the, the underhanded shit so they can maintain power. And that's fundamentally anti-democratic. And I think people are starting to wise up to that a bit. I think so too. You know, I don't think that they're ever going to fully be, you know, full-throated, you know, the, there's no more tip O'Neill's, you know, they're, they're, right. they're, those aren't there anymore. But yeah. like, I, I think we're, I think we're, we're clearing out from the, we're, we're, we're getting over COVID. We're getting over Trumpism. Like <laughs> it's starting, the, the pendulum's starting to swing back the other direction. And I, I think we're in a, in, a, in a fragile time right now where we really need to be mindful of like how forgiveness works. And we yeah. should exercise that in, mm-hmm. in our daily lives without malice or without, and that's not to say that those people shouldn't be held to account. Like we talked about <laughs> last week. You know, absolutely. People that broke the law should be held to account. That's not what I'm, I'm not saying that they should be given a free pass. I'm not saying we should forget what they did. What I'm saying is we need to move on. And those people that were uh, of a different mindset than, than I was um, in three months, the numbers switched according to those polls. Right. right. So right. we're starting to come out of it. Let's not fucking blow it with our egos. Yeah, I think that's true. That was that was the only thing I'd wanted to add to it is is yeah. like the the argument for let's not divide us any further is is always a tricky argument because it's it's weaponized often, not just in politics, but in church and things like that. It's weaponized in order to keep certain people from being held accountable mm-hmm. rather than as like a good faith like we really need to be unified, you know, we really need to find compassion and communion with each other and so like that would be the only thing i'd want to add and you said it like you you made it clear like this is not to say that people shouldn't be held accountable like if somebody said if if a if a court finds trump guilty which they should you know because i'm pretty sure we have the evidence like like that's what all of these committees are saying you know yeah um the next step can't be well don't we want to be unified as a country? No, no, no. Like, like I said, I can respect somebody and I can care for somebody and I can forgive somebody and I can still punish them. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no, I know. I know. I'm, you know what I mean? I like, know you I can, know that. I, I, I can that. still do that. And, and that's what people need to understand. It's like, like you can still hold somebody to account for what they did and not be um, malicious about it. Right, right, right. And I agree. I agree with that. And so basically, I hope that Trump goes to jail. <laughs> and uh, you know me, my least Christian belief on the planet is I think everybody who stormed the Capitol on January 6th should be in Gitmo. You know, yeah. like that's my that's I cannot defend this. I cannot. I am not here to I just this is just what I believe, you know, 
Um, I'm not here to make it policy. It's probably not. Although after January 6th, January 6th was the only time I ever thought to myself, man, if Kamala Harris were president right now, you know where all these people would be? <laughs> Nowhere. These people yeah. would be, these people would disappear. They would be unalived. Kamala Harris. Well, and, and let's be honest, had, had Trump been president and first of all, it's inconceivable that, that Democrats would have done something like that but let's let's hypothetically in this in this crazy world uh assume that donald trump actually won and joe biden's supporters stormed the capitol they would have been shot yeah they'd have been gutted they'd have been over <laughs> they would have, first of all they were all white uh <laughs> so they would have they would have been shot anyway um that would have we've seen we saw what what happened whenever trump wanted to go take a picture in front of a you know a church yeah people were tear gassed and beaten and everything but like it's not it's not an equal power it's not an equal power dynamic it's not and it's not equal offenses right like those people were where they were supposed to be protesting and trump wanted to walk through them and wanted to show that force so that he could get his picture taken completely different than people at the capitol who were protecting themselves from being murdered and hung (laughs) so like completely different thing but none of those guys like five people died but only one of them was shot the other ones died from like you know heart attacks or one lady was trampled or something like that but like but nobody was like shot by the authorities one person was we all saw the video of it and like i don't know how it's not justified like whatever but uh, you know we all saw the video of trump walking across the street and that wasn't justified either but like lots of people got shot then you know exactly so i I find it the only thing anybody could talk about was how how much it was great to see a president hold a bible again as if that yeah as if that indicates something (laughs) but i mean just just think of the carnage that would have happened had the roles been reversed, had it been, uh, yeah. you know, Trump staying in office like those people would be already in jail. And oh, yeah, Gitmo would probably be a step up from what they dealt with because they would have been bled out in the streets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, wow. Well, on that happy note. Yeah. On that cheery note. That's, uh, <laughs> hmm. Let's wrap this up. This was a good one. This is a, a fun shoot the shit plus very dark political questions <laughs> for our time. Um, but, you know, this is the world we live in right now. And I guess it's got to be OK. The good news is, um, you know, things don't really stay the same. And that's a good thing. Like, I have to keep reminding myself, like, as. Uh, um, yes, COVID is is things are changing with covid things are changing politically the ukrainian stuff like it's all very scary but like that it's changing is good it means that it's just not going to be bad all the time you know it'll right. be better eventually like i said man the pendulum swings you know it swings that's, both that's ways right. i i just i just hope we can recognize that and not fucking blow it and push it in the wrong yeah. direction again <laughs> yeah i agree i i think that if uh if uh, the president of Ukraine gets actually does get assassinated, I think then we will see uh, a very strange collection of people all over the West being like, well, that that'll be when you see all these weird liberals be like, bomb the shit out of Russia, <laughs> fucking kill them all. Well, you know? I mean, let's be honest. The only reason the only reason that we're not bombing the shit out of Russia is because of their nuclear arsenal. That's the right. bottom line. You know, and, you know, that's what nuclear deterrence was all about since the 50s on, you know, and and that's the only reason why we're not doing anything. It has nothing to do with what's right or wrong. It has nothing to do with, you know, who's in NATO, who's not in NATO. I mean, it has to do with like they've got the bomb and we've got the bomb. And if and if somebody slings one, we're all in deep shit. And, you know, Biden knows that. And you know what? Trump knows that too, but they're just in a luxury, luxurious position right now of not being in power. So they can't really order a strike anyway. So it's great for them to be able to run their mouth about it, but like 
first of all, we'd probably be on Russia's side if Trump, <laughs> Trump was right. still in. <laughs> yeah, Trump would, go, would send troops in to hold Zelensky's head, you know, mm. like, like you know, hands back so that people yeah. could do whatever he wanted. No, it would be terrible. And then we'd be in war with other things. Then it would be even worse yeah. for us. And, and then and, we'd and get like, sanctioned. And, 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 make, then everybody... and, make, and make no mistake, what Biden is doing right now, as, as much as people like to get on a shit about how he left Afghanistan, mm. and as much as they like to get on a shit about, I saw a sticker on a gas pump the other day with Joe Biden pointing to the the uh, the uh, price and said, "I did that." You know, you should first of all that sticker should have Putin's face on it. Second of all, um, we get three percent of our oil from Russia. That does not equate to uh, like a dollar twenty raise in gas prices. That's not this, like that's just you know price gouging on big yeah. oil, which they've been doing forever. So there's several layers there, but let's make no mistake. Whatever you think about Joe Biden, he has prevented us from entering World War III right now. That's what he's doing. By not making action, by not taking military action in Ukraine, as distasteful as it might be to some, preventing World War III. Because, and if, and if you know, Ukraine does fall and Putin doesn't stop there and continues on into the Baltic states. Then we're going to, it's going to be unavoidable because we're already locked in with NATO. But like the reason nothing's happened is because Joe Biden is preventing world war three for, for good or bad for right or wrong, you know, because China and Russia are linked hand in hand and European union and the United States are linked hand in hand. And that's going to be a bad fucking deal if it kicks off. So. And on that really terrible <laughs> note, thanks for listening. This has been Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan. <laughs> we will see you next time. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm going to go eat a quart of ice cream and cry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus.